Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, March the 7th, 2023. It is currently 9.13 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. I know it's Tuesday. That means I am very, very, very late in introducing this week's Bible study exercise, and I apologize for that, but everything went wrong starting, well, really Sunday morning I was struggling, but by Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, I was in bad shape physically. That uh, that that ruined church Sunday night. I feel horrible about that. So there was no live broadcast. There was obviously no live broadcast after what should have been the Sunday evening service. Obviously, there was no live broadcast yesterday. So that means I'm way behind because really Sunday afternoon or late Sunday night, I should have been turning on the microphone saying, everyone, this week for the Bible study exercise, we're going to be studying John chapter 5. But that did not occur. So that means we're running a little behind. So we're going to have a very a kind of a, a shortened amount of time to really work on John chapter 5. I hope that you will go ahead. Now, if you think about it, in my introduction for our study in a couple of some individual chapters in John, I did tell tell everyone which chapters we would be studying and when. So you you did, I mean, if you listened to the introduction to all of this, you knew what was coming. So hopefully you've already started reading John chapter 5, started thinking about it, meditating on it, talking about it, working on it. I hope that you have. If you have not, okay, get out of bed. If you're in bed right now, get out of bed and start reading John chapter 5. You can use any of the Bible apps, Blue Letter Bible app, the Version Bible app, and uh, start listening to John chapter 5 as you go to sleep tonight. Listen to it over and over and over. Live in it. Breathe it. Drink it. Feed upon it. it just make get John chapter 5 inside of you. Remember, the key to... The key to Bible study is observation, 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 observation. Everybody wants to kind of look at the text and immediately start interpreting. You can't interpret what you haven't observed. So observation is the key to everything. So spend some time just listening to John chapter 5, reading it over and over and over, talking about it, thinking about it, meditating on it, so that you can get the most out of it before this week of Bible study is over and we get ready to move on. We may try to add... We may try to add a week or two to this. I don't know. I don't know. There, there, I just feel like there's uh, some very important concepts that we need to discuss. And, I, and I'm going to try to introduce all of that in this message. Because all I really want to do tonight is just say, hey, John chapter 5 is what we're supposed to be looking at. But we're going to take kind of a, I hope, you, I hope this doesn't cause a problem. We're going to take a little bit of a detour. But we're, it's still going to be in the Gospel of John, and, and hopefully you're going to benefit greatly from it. One of the things is, if you remember, if, you've been, if you listen to all of the podcasts that I do, all the different podcast series and the podcast episodes, you know that I've reviewed a couple of times some sermons from a church that they're in a year, they're doing a year and a half study on the Gospel of John. And you know, if you've listened to any of those reviews, those sermons are horrible train wrecks, and, and, and I feel what that church is doing to the Gospel of John 
is, is basically criminal is what I feel like because they, they're destroying what the gospel of John is actually intended to do. So because I'm so aware of how this very large church with multiple campuses, they've got all the resources, they've got the money, what they're doing to the gospel of John is criminal. Then I obviously am very, very, very much committed that even though we're not studying the whole gospel, that some of these issues we can address within these individual chapters of John that we are studying. And, and, I, and I, I think that will make sense uh, before this uh, episode is over tonight. But if you have your Bible, John chapter 5, we're just going to barely read some of this just to kind of let you know where we're going. And then we're going to talk about something very, very important. All right. John chapter 5. Here we go. John chapter 5. Verse 1, John chapter 5, verse 1, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Verse six, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case, he saith unto him, will thou be made whole? Now stop right there. Oh, there's so much to talk about in this text. There's so very much, but I'm not going to get into any of that right now. Hopefully we can before this week is over. We'll raise some very important questions, but here's what I want you to understand. When you go to John chapter 5, you need to realize you're looking at something very, 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 very important because this is one of the seven signs found in the gospel of John. This is one of the seven signs. If you're not aware of this, this is very, very important. Jesus records only seven miracles, considerably less than the number reported in the synoptic gospels. So John seems to record only seven miracles. These seven miracles we refer to as seven signs, or we could call them the seven sign miracles. And he only records seven because, now this is very important, there is a specific purpose when it comes to these sign miracles. And what I feel people tend to do in their preaching and teaching is somehow we take these sign miracles that I think have a very specific theological purpose, a very specific hermeneutical purpose. I think they, 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 I think they're very critical in how you understand the whole book, but somehow these sign miracles, we basically push out what I think they were originally intended for and we make them about us. Listen, John records only seven miracles considerably less than the numbers reported in the synoptic gospels. But John uses use of the miracle stories is different from that of his predecessors. 
John does not regard the story's miraculous elements themselves as having great significance, but rather the spiritual meanings that he finds implicit in them. These miracles are signs of, and I'm not going to tell you right now, I'm not going to try to go into any of the details, but I'm going to try to give you a little clue, all right? I think these seven sign miracles may be connected to this verse. John chapter 20, verse 31. In fact, I'll go back to verse 30. John chapter 20, verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Hey, there were other signs that Jesus did. There were other miracles. There were other things that Jesus did, but they were not written in the gospel of John. Now look carefully, John chapter 20, verse 31. But these, the signs that are there, and I believe there are seven miracle signs, these are important. Yeah, I'm going to say seven miracle signs. We'll just say seven signs. Maybe I shouldn't say miracle signs because sometimes the sign doesn't have to be a miracle. Okay, well, 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 seven signs. Here we go. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now, this immediately tells you the seven signs are there to point you to Christ. They're not there to point you to you. See, what we do is everyone goes through these signs and try to focus on, oh, this is what Christ will do for you. And then we spiritualize the signs. Now, maybe we can talk about when that's appropriate or not appropriate. But what you're supposed to see in these miracles and these signs is you're supposed to be pointed to Christ. They're supposed to be, they're supposed to help you identify and understand who Christ is. And I think in many cases, we push people we push Christ out of the miracle or Christ is really just kind of a, he's only like a character in the story, but it's really about us. And we have to be careful in doing that. We have to be very careful in doing that. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the seven signs, the seven signs that are found in the gospel of John. All right, I want, I want you to write these seven down, all right? I know this goes be, a little beyond our study of John chapter 5, but I think it's very important, all right? Here we go. Number one, turning water into wine, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Number two, cleansing the temple. Now, see, that may not be considered a miraculous sign, so you see why I, I want to say seven miracle signs, but see, that one's not really a miracle. So that's why I kind of pulled that back a little bit. So turning water into wine, clearly that's a miracle sign, right? So that's John chapter two, verses one through 11. Number two, cleansing the temple, John chapter two, verses 12 through 17. Now you could argue it's, it's somewhat miraculous because Jesus thinks he has the authority to do so, all right? So there is something mir- miraculous happening there in a way. Number three, the healing of the nobleman's son, John chapter four, verses 46 through 54. Number four, healing the lame man, John chapter five, verses one through 15. Number five, feeding the multitude, John chapter six, verses one through 15. Number six, healing the blind man, John chapter nine. 
And in number seven, raising Lazarus, John chapter 11. The seven signs, I think it's better to call them seven signs than seven miraculous signs. But in some ways, I think there's, there's, there's an element of something miraculous in all seven. Turning water into wine, John 2, 1 through 11. Number two, cleansing the temple, John 2, 12 through 17. Number three, healing the nobleman's son, John 4, 46 through 54. Number four, healing the layman, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. Number five, feeding the multitude, John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. Number six, healing the blind man, John chapter 9. And then number seven, raising Lazarus, John chapter 11. I want you to write down those seven signs, those seven signs that is supposed to, in my estimation, point you to Christ. And we have a tendency to kind of come in and go, we make it about us. Yet we say Jesus is doing the miracle, but we really just make it about what he's doing for us. And, and I'm not, well, yeah, there, there's a lot we can say here. All right. Now, I'm going to give you the name of a book. And I would really challenge everyone to consider getting this book, thinking about this book, reading this book over maybe uh, the rest of March. All right. Really, really making this maybe a, a very important book to look at or at least to skim. It's only how many pages? It's only 115 pages. So it's not going to take you a long time. This book is called The Seven Signs, Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John. The Seven Signs, Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John. Again, the name of the book is The Seven Signs, Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John. The author, and I'm going to have to spell the last name. First name is Anthony, middle initial T, last name S-E-L-V-A-G-G-I-O. Anthony T. S E L V A G G I O. I've never heard the name, so I'm not going to sit here and take a lot of guesses. The Seven Signs Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John. Anthony T. S E L V A G G I O. For the Kindle, it's $7.50. Here is a little bit about the book. A major component of Jesus' ministry on earth was the performance of signs and wonders. In this book, the author uses the seven signs given in the first half of the Gospel of John to navigate us towards a glorious destination. This journey begins at a wedding and ends at a funeral. Throughout this trip, you will witness the incredible events of water being turned into wine, the temple cleansed, a sick boy restored, a lame man brought to his feet, thousands feed, a, thousands feed, a blind man gaining sight, and a dead man coming from his tomb. While well, this tour centers in the land of Palestine, it will ultimately take you beyond the, the, uh, fine, the fine, finiteness, finite, if I can say it, the, the, this world being finite uh, of this created world. For on this majestic, majestic journey, you will see more than mere signs and wonders. You will see the glory of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So in other words, you're going to see more than the, the finite creation. You're going to see more than the finite world. We're going to go beyond that. We're going to see the glories of the eternal son of God. 
We're going to see who Jesus Christ really is. So the focus here in this book seems to be taking these signs and pointing you to Christ, which I think is the purpose. John chapter 20, verse 31 says these things are written so that we may know. In fact, let me read it again. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written that ye may know and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. All right, so I, I want you to really consider getting this book, again, the name of the book, The Seven Signs, Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John. This will supplement not only what we have in the curriculum, but this will supplement uh, your study and really add to it, and we can really, really dig in. I know we're not going to be looking at all of these seven signs. Maybe we will find a way to, maybe we'll start a podcast series just on these seven signs so that we can really, 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 really think about how to interpret these signs, and how far we go. But, but everyone seems to, uh, I think most scholars agree that, that, hey, John uses seven. The synoptics have more, but these seven seems to have very specific reasons. And they are to point us to Christ. Right? Let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. All right? Here we go. All right, here we go. Uh, so John chapter two, verse one. And the third day, there was a marriage in, the Can- in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. This is the first of the seven signs, right? And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto his servants, Whosoever he, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. And we know you fill the you fill the pots with water and what do they draw out? They draw out wine, right? So in other words, this is a creation miracle. He, he creates wine. He creates wine. Right? This is a creation, and it's in six pots. Well, Genesis talks about creation, six days, yes. And if you go to the very beginning of the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Is this first miracle demonstrating and pointing to the fact that Jesus is Creator? Now, what everyone else wants to turn to is go, hey, Jesus is even concerned when you don't have wine for a wedding. He's co- we make it about us. But is, this, is the sign in this miracle really pointing to Jesus as creator? Six water pots, right? If you, if you go back to Genesis chapter one, we know we have six days, but how does it begin? Go back to Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. There's water. And then God creates, right? God brings forth. There's water in John chapter two. Jesus creates. They bring forth. They draw it out. Now, we, we could do a little bit more work on that, but I just want you to see that that sign there is not about us. It's about Jesus. 
Now, when we come to the healing at the pool of Bethesda, what a lot of people do is like, okay, so this picture, and then we make it about us. I'm not saying it can't be about us in some way, shape, or form. We would have to really think this through. But what I want you to see is that these seven signs point to Jesus. So when you're reading John 5 this week, I want you to, what does it point, what is it, what does this miracle point to you in regards to Jesus? I want you to see what you see about Jesus in regards to this miracle. Not what you see about you, not what you see about us, but what you see about him. And I, I want you to consider getting this book on the, on the seven signs. I'm hitting the microphone. And I, I want us to really kind of dig into this concept a little bit more because, because I think um, some people t- take the seven signs and say, this teaches us what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live and, and what Jesus does for us. And, and it just, I think, no, the, the gospel of John is designed to point us to Christ. It's to point us that he is the son of the living God. Every miracle points to him. I think the, the wedding feast points to the fact that he's creator and he created everything in six days. That's what Genesis says. He uses six water pots. Now, you may not think that the six there is significant. I think it's somewhat significant. He could have told him to bring, get five. He told him could have get four. Could have told him to get three. He could have told him to just get one and it never ran out. I mean, there's a million different ways he could have performed this. So I think there's something significant there. So again, the name of the book, The Seven Signs, Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John. The Seven Signs, Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John. Now, I want to do, I want to go ahead and start doing some work on John 5, but I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to introduce this and try to show you which direction I want you to go. This is one of the seven signs. And because this is one of the seven signs, I think that we we have to almost talk about it right here. I, I, I mean, personally, I think we have to. Okay, I'm going to save this to my notes so I don't lose it. And I want you to consider these seven signs again. The, and and we'll, we'll, yeah, just just get the book and start thinking about it. But for, for this week, just focus on John 5. You can get the book and start doing it as supplemental reading, 110 pages. I mean, come on. We can knock that out. We can knock that out in the next four to five weeks, maybe even the next six weeks. I think we we should have no problem knocking that out. And then based off your interaction with the book and your questions, then we can do podcast episodes specifically directed in that. But remember, the Bible study exercise is not necessarily for me to sit here and, t- and give you all the answers. It's to try to lead you into the study so that you're doing this on your own. So John 5, the, the, the healing at the pool of Bethesda. I want you to really, really, really look at what does this point to in regards to Jesus? What is this? What do I learn about Jesus? Don't make it about us. Now, I've, I, mean, I have preached these seven signs in a radically different way before. The way I... I have preached them as a sign, but I've basically, this is the way I handled it in the past. I've taken these seven signs and almost treated them, even though I would say they're, yes, they're a historical fact, they actually happen. I tried to turn them all into kind of an allegory of maybe salvation. 
And a lot of, and I think that's a standard way people do so. And, and I'm not saying, we'll have to determine if we think that's right or if that's wrong. But John 20 gives us kind of a controlling hermeneutic, right? That this is the point to us that Christ is the son of the living God. This is the point to point us to something about him, not about us. See, when we turn it into kind of an allegory about salvation, then what we have a tendency to do is we make it about us. So how do we how do we balance that out? That's going to be a, a that's going to be a, a an interesting conversation and discussion. So start reading John chapter five. Start reading John chapter five. All right. And I'm sorry I was having the problem with the I don't even remember which word I had a problem with. It wasn't a what word was it? I don't even remember now what word it was. It was a it was. A, Something with being finite. Yeah. Finiteness. I think that's the word. Finiteness is the word I was trying to say. I was fine, 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 finite, finite, finiteness, I think. And I don't even like that. I, I understand what I, I, I remember how it was written. I think that's the word that was written. But the idea is that these miracles, right, take us way beyond this finite created world. I'm going to say that way. I think they wanted to say it in beyond the finiteness of the created world, basically to see the glory of Christ. And I'll just say it takes us beyond this finite created world. These signs are to take us beyond. But I think these signs are to take us beyond ourselves. I think it's to take us to Christ. So, so I apologize for messing that up. I don't know why I was messing that up, but I think why I was messing it up is I thought I was about to lose my voice, having a major problem with my voice this evening. So when there's nothing worse when you're trying to talk and then all of a sudden you think, oh, oh my voice is about to go out. My voice is about to go out and I'm in the middle of a live broadcast. You, you stop thinking about what you're reading and you, and you focus on, can I, can I, am I going to make it through this? So. I apologize for that. There you go. I think that's a good start to John 5. I think that's a good start. That kind of that kind of gets us going in the right direction. I think it gets us going in the right direction. Someone said thank you. Well, I hope so. I hope so. But this uh, this goes very much, and the person who said thank you knows which sermon series that I'm referring to uh, from, uh, from a church that, that we've been listening to the sermons from. They... Um, that that church took the they've almost taken the seven signs and make it almost like hey these this these are the seven signs Jesus gave us but they they show us what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to function and they really seem to make it about us and I'm like no 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 the seven signs are about Christ so we need to we need to get back to looking at these signs the correct way i just think when you look at some of these like you know that that the the miracle at the wedding i mean you have to look at that and go, that just, it just, there's so much about, like in some of these sign miracles in John, I think for every single one of them, they seem a little like there, there's like one or two things. I, th- I feel like in a most of them that you kind of like taken back going, well, wait, what? So like, like the miracle, like the, the miracle at the wedding, right? Sh- Jesus tells his mother, hey, you know, what do, what do I have to do with you? It's not my hour. And then immediately she tells everyone, hey, do what he tells you. Well, what do you mean? What? He just said it's not his time. And then he immediately does the miracle. It just seems like weird, like, hey, 
what are we going to do? We have no one. Hey, wh- what do I have to do with you? It's it, like, it's not my problem. Well, hey, everyone do what he says to do. And then he does it. It just seems odd. And then he's like, get six water pots. What? Wait, wait, wait what? Why six? So like there, there's something there just makes you think there's more to this than what meets the eye. Even in John 5, the, the healing at the pool of Bethesda, you have to go, so wait a minute. If people were actually being healed because an angel was coming down and touching the water and troubling the water, Jesus healing someone here would not be a significant thing, right? What would be the big deal? People have been getting healed here for years. This is no big deal. So then you have to go, well, so was people actually being healed? Or were people thinking they were being healed? Like, it just seems like of all the places to go heal someone, go to a place where everyone already thinks people are being healed. It just, once again, it seems odd. Now, in the wedding, we can catch on, he's using six water pots. And if these signs are supposed to point and prove that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, well, we know in John 1, he's already identified as the Logos and identified as creator. So the first miracle would point to Jesus as creator. He's involved in a creation process here. He's creating something and he's doing a six water pots with points back to Genesis. Okay, that makes sense. So when in, in, in the healing at the pool of Bethesda, what you that's what you need to do. What 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 could be the point here as as far as pointing to Jesus? Typically, what we the way we typically preach it is that this is a picture of us that we are lame, we can't. We can't get to anything to save us that we're helping. And we make it a picture of salvation. I'm not saying that there, that could be completely wrong. But the point is it's supposed to be pointing us to Christ. Or is it supposed to be pointing us to what Christ does in salvation? That, that, that's some of the things we're going to have to struggle with. But just look for anything in the miracle that just seems like, like for me in John 5, that's the first thing that just seems off to me. Well, wait a minute. If people were already being healed, then this is no big deal. At the wedding, it's like, wait a minute. Jesus seems like, hey, I don't, I'm not, I don't, what's, I, it's not my problem. And then he immediately turns around and does something. It just seems odd. Or at least to me. All right. And again, the name of the book, I'm going to lock out my iPad here. The name of the book is The Seven Signs, Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John by Anthony T. And I'll spell his last name one more time. S-E-L-V-A-G-G-I-O. If for some reason you haven't been able to write that down, uh, please just email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. And I'll be more than happy to send you the link to Amazon so you can purchase a copy, all right? We're going to do some work on this. We're going to do some work on these. I, I, I know, uh, yeah, we're going to do some work on these. Some way, somehow, we're going to do some work. Obviously, we're going to be doing some work on John 5. We may start doing some work on John 5. Maybe tomorrow at Victory Baptist Church, we need to do Hippolytus uh, apostolic tradition on baptism is what we need to do, but I may move that to Sunday. I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's, there's always so much I need to do. All right. See, I, I hate these. I hate these episodes. I hate the. I loathe these episodes, right? Because 
no, no matter how well they go, I always feel like, well, I didn't really get to dig in, but they're not really designed to do that. They're supposed to be introducing it to get you involved. But I always walk away going, Ugh, I hated that. And then when I mess up finiteness or whatever the word was, and then when I l- almost lose my voice, then I'm like, man, I need to do that episode over. But I don't want to spend another 32 minutes doing it over. So now I'll just s- stay up all night frustrated going, you didn't do that very well. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. For, we'll, we'll make up for it. I promise you. I promise you. It's all I can do. It's all I can do. I, 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 for the lack of quality, I always try to make up for the amount of quantity. That's, that's the best I can do. All right. Yeah. See, there's so much I want to say about John 5 right now. See, I want to just start reading it and digging into it. But I want to give you the opportunity to start your work first, and then we'll, we'll circle back around to it. All right, seven signs in John. Know those seven. Focus on John 5. Get the book, Seven Signs, Seeing the Glory of Christ in the Gospel of John. Start really looking at the, the, the sign in John 5, and just start looking at anything that seems kind of weird or out of place, and then really start focusing, what does this say about Christ? And then we'll talk more soon. Thank you. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a wonderful, 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 wonderful night. See, now all of a sudden my voice sounds good. Now my voice like returns to normal. See, I get to the end and all of a sudden my, my voice is like, let's go. And... I'm like, well, where were you when I needed you? You left me (laughs) right when I needed you. You abandoned me. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a good night. God bless.